Which forgive me, I'm stoned here. <laughs> no, I know. It's good. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Bar North Dover. This is episode 81, February 18, 2018. Your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. This Thursday, February 22nd, Grass Station 49, Vendor Day, Frozen North Farms, Aaron Werther. Most of you probably know him as Hippie. Dab Master. Lots of other names I'm sure he's been called. We'll stick with the good ones here today. Gotta love this guy. He's brought us Black Domina, Kimbo Kush. We've all enjoyed here in Fairbanks. Got some new strains coming up. If you want to hear exactly what's coming, if you have any other questions past this interview, go see him this Thursday. Those of you that had the pleasure of talking to him in person, you've heard better stories than this. Many of you have probably been part of better stories than these coming up. We've got to keep things tame for this. It was a fun time. Dab, 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 do. Let's get to Aaron Worthen. Frozen North Farms. Thank you. Just hit a button, Marty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Oh, yeah. You gotta get swifty. You gotta get swifty in here. It's time to get swifty. Okay, welcome to Far North Tokers. Uh, quite the power hours we had this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally getting hippie Aaron from Frozen North Farms to come on. It's been a long time, and uh, you guys, anyone's ever talked to Aaron here, you know that um, he's got lots to say and can barely ever hit record button. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I have had a long week with all this power. Everything at the farm has just been really stressful and everything like that. Oh, yeah, well. With all that, it's just having to go back and check everything at night just to make sure all the timers are right and stuff. It makes you want to upgrade to backup battery timers. Oh, like a smart facility. <laughs> yes, like a smart facility. Do you have any way to check whether your power is off or you just know? Like how um, do you... My alarm system tells me when my power shuts off. And did how many times did it go off this week? Uh, <laughs> I, at least... Nine times, I bet. Just flickers, mainly flickers. The worst I had was a three-hour outage. That was it. Was it when the lights were supposed to be off? Um, it was in a room that had a newer plants in the side. Doesn't, hurt doesn't matter. That doesn't hurt too much. Yeah. I wonder how the bigger operations did. Uh, some of them have battery or generator. You know, some of them don't. But the ones that don't probably get real scared. <laughs> real quick. Yes. Yes, but I haven't seen anybody with a generator yet. I, I haven't been to the facility yet, so I wouldn't know. Right. I, yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't seen any either. Generally, I think you'd be stupid not to, right? Yeah. And plus, those things cost money, too. I don't know how they, how the big place in the city did with their power loss. They're definitely on the GBA outage map where people that were... Um, it looked like in the city that were out. I think that I have done the most dabs with you, Aaron. Uh, most yeah, of me? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a... Dab hitter. Well, this is for you. It's got it's got cool down here. It's still a little warm. I mean, this is a standard professional, awesome rig, right? I mean, this is the Slugworth. It's not China glass. 
I mean, I mean, there's some people that like their china glass, you know. Well, what do you mean they like it? Because it's cheap. It's cheap. Yes. Okay. I mean, when you can buy a five dollar spoon, is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, some dab rigs are fifteen bucks. Some dab rigs are four hundred bucks. Some dab rigs are four thousand bucks. You can get a dab rig for fifteen bucks. I got one of there. I paid fifteen bucks for. Really? Is it shit? <laughs> it's just just got it from uh, smoking deals. Got a really good deal on it. It's fifteen bucks. Yeah, I like smoking deals. That's where I used to get all my screens and shit. Yeah, I haven't been to a head shop in Fairbanks in a long time. Sorry, Fairbanks. Oh, no. Place to go is the Shack in Wasilla. Hmm, we'll have to check it out when we head down there, huh? Big old yellow building uh, back there behind the Mugshot Saloon. You can't miss it. Guess we have Dab Lab, right? That's Dab our... Lab's good, yes. But <coughs> Okay, gotta, going in. Yeah, step up their, uh, their banger game. <laughs> Not to be bagging on, on, on the Fairbanks shops or anything like that. It's just, oh. they have a much better selection down there. That That's the one shop, best shop in the state of Alaska. Well, it's easy to have a, have a big store when you have a big population, right? You can they replace are the, your... They're at the biggest store in town. <coughs> yeah. Anchorage, where there's more population with bigger stores, and they oh. still don't have the quality... And the variety that the Shack has. I think the Shack sponsors uh, through the looking glass, don't they? I, I can't say. I don't know. I think they do. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, you didn't get yours yet, right? Just oh, I'm going to fill this up a little bit more. All right, all right. Yeah, stop. Just make, make you stupid, not me. Right. No. Well, you got you to keep, keep clear. <laughs> well, I'm going to take that hit. Oh. So I'm sitting here with Aaron Worthen of Frozen North Farms. And uh, we're starting this off right. We've got Landon Godwin pressed, not Charlotte's Web. <laughs> it's really it tasty. good. Yeah. No, you, you didn't have that. You had oh this other stuff that my, my, my little peanut butter right here. Okay, we'll do one of these here a little bit later. <coughs> so peanut butter first. What peanut butter? Nice. I have no idea. It was a friend of mine who had a football and gave me some. What was Hippie doing at Ballot Measure 2 in 2014? Were you thinking about starting, uh, were you going into the legal cannabis right when you heard industry well, was starting I, up? I, I, I said, I'm going to go legal. I thought I, thought I was going to own a shop. I was actually Are you like, doing a specialist payment then, and I just lost my job right when we had voted it in pretty much. And, and I had been working with R&D Environmental for 10 plus years, had tenureship there as a foreman for five, ran, ran jobs for them and stuff. Did a lot of stuff. And then they went to a corporation, got an HR department. I developed sleep apnea, and because of my hours I was working, I was getting, not getting enough sleep, and I was falling asleep on the job mm. while doing paperwork and stuff like that. So they let me go for falling asleep on the job. Nothing I understand about it. Yeah, so uh, I just went ahead and uh, as soon as it became legal, I, I became an, I became more of an activist. You know, I got a job at a gas station and everything like that. And I was, I had my my activities that I was doing. You know, my hobbies. <laughs> and you say you like when it was becoming legal, you were you imagined a retail. You I imagined, imagined a retail. I imagined sitting behind the counter, yeah. and talking to people come in. I, I could see that easily for you. Yeah, yeah, I imagined that. You know. 
And and then I, I see that the headaches that everybody else is going through is retail. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, there's money in retail. There is. But the federal you gotta government. got to work it. you got to work it. That's right. A lot more employees. And, and I don't want to own a retail. I'd rather own a farm. So then let's, we got into that. Yes. Aaron opens or starts Frozen North Farms. Limited cultivation. Why, why limited versus standard? Because I already owned a building outright. That was 500 square foot. But back then, I wasn't aware of a lot of the regulations. I didn't know how to interpret a lot of them. Well, no, and they weren't. Uh, they, they weren't clear. They and they were. And they were stifling. No one them. Yeah, the, the state was stifling a lot of the people who were asking these questions about it. And they told me, "No, your whole farm's got to be five hundred square foot." And I was like, "Okay." So I, I remember put, those days. Yeah, and I put my whole farm into five hundred square foot. So that's what it is. Until I expand, that's what I'm working on. Right so your now. canopy now is one fifty. My canopy is under one fifty. Being misled in the beginning of feeling how big your total space could be compared to total canopy space. Oh, dude, if, yeah, it's. I feel that this spring when I expand, it's going to be the game changer for us. Just being able to produce more, <coughs> more product, you've had a year figuring things out. Yeah, figuring things out, dialing things in. Just do it three like times that. now, right? And do it three times over. Yeah, I've been through a couple other facilities that are limited to seeing how theirs is set up. Also. Is giving me more thought on how to do my ventilation and stuff like that. And uh, it's going to be interesting. So when you decide to go Frozen North Farms, how how did you decide what strains to bring to market? We just, we went to the THC fair and Seeds Here Now was there and I bought strains with the seed, the money that I had in my pocket. I didn't have anything that I, I, I it was new to everybody. I mean, people who came up from Washington State, y'all know who you are, and started businesses up here, kind of knew what was going on and kind of got a jump on everybody. But for the people who didn't know about the strains like that, that game kind of screwed us over. But that's okay. It kept the door shut and allowing, and it's ridiculous not to allow new strains. Yes, and the way it is right now, (laughs) it is still ridiculous. I mean, I got an NOV for trying to introduce clones according to what the state statute said I was doing right. But according to what the unwritten regulations interpreted by the control board at the time said I was doing it all wrong. Just clearly entering new strains, bringing new strains to market. I suffered an NOV because of that. And that's why this whole seat thing, clone thing, has been brought up to the control board. You can thank Frozen North Farms for that headache. Yeah. Thank you, Frozen North Farms. <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding. You've got to take the brunt of that, though, huh? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> you got to meet Janet Welteen, though? Yeah, I met Janet Welteen <laughs> a couple times. She's a wonderful, wonderful girl. I really like her and her family a lot. She has wonderful get-togethers up here in Fairmix. It's, yeah, it's that was nice. nice seeing all the pre-giants yes. in the industry were all there at that party. Uh, there was, she had one last year. Again here in, in Fairbanks? Yeah, around the Cheetah River. How'd that go? I didn't, I was oh, it was beautiful. She had a lot of, pre- a lot of clients there. There's a client meeting. Very nice. Very, very nice. I cool. enjoyed it a lot. Uh, had some of my old industry friends in there as far as asbestos abatement goes. We're over there. Um, Aaron Konistikoff was there. Very good friend of mine. Yes. And, and his brother, Ro. If they hear this, hello, guys. So we've got, speaking of those strains that you chose, you have brought out Kimbo Kush. Yes. And Black Domina. 
Yes. I've only seen one other cultivator do Kimbo Kush, and it's like a Anchorage yes, cultivator, correct. right? I, can't. I don't know. It was a Fuzzy Buzz that did it? Or sure. Not, I don't know. Somebody did the Kimbo Kush. I do realize that. And there's, uh, I haven't seen any Black Domina. There's, um, no, somebody else is doing Black Domina in town here. Not oh, okay. town, or, or in the state. There's somebody else growing it. Here. This is uh, some rosin that Landon pressed for me, or actually pressed it, and he, he gave me some, and that's pretty sugary looking, you know, they taste all right. Yeah. Can't remember what strain it is. I think it was the, not the Charlotte's Web. Right, I think you're right. <laughs> it is really tasty. I like it a lot. So I'm just saving it, you know. All right, starting off our, our show with some dab. Provided by Landon Godwin. Your vendor day at Grass Station 49 is going to be this Thursday. What's the yes. date on that? What's that is going to be Thursday? Thursday the 22nd. Thursday the 22nd at Grass Station 49, vendor day with Frozen North Farms. Do you have a time? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, we'll I, definitely get time to you. I would probably say they open their doors at 9. So I'm probably sure that our vendor day is going to start at 10 o'clock. Makes sense. My best guess, and run till like probably two or three o'clock. I would imagine. Now, how I've seen vendor days as an outsider is, <coughs> Grass Station Forty Nine is retail exclusive. Yes. So they are really promoting their cultivators. Yes, they are. They are taking that extra step to give the public access to, um, to you guys. Okay. So what's that going to look like? You're going to be off to the left there. They've got like. Like a, a what a, a retail shop of clothing and uh, pipes and things like that off to the left. Yes, like kind of like an old classic head shop. That's where Frozen North Farms is going to be set up. Yes, and we'll be in there. Um, I'll probably have, I might have a banner up there. It depends on if it comes in or not. We're gonna do a drawing for a t-shirt and a hoodie. We're gonna have specials, I believe, on the Black Demi and the Kimbo Kush there. They're all everybody's gonna be wearing the t-shirts. There's gonna be promoted there. Um, I'll have a booklet in there. It talks about Frozen North Farms. All Frozen North Farms uh, cannabis has been tested, terpene tested, correct? Yes, we are 100% terpene tested, except for the first two we did in the beginning. Nice. That's a, a yes. great service that some cultivators are choosing <coughs> yes. to give to the public. I know it, it adds that extra cost to you guys, but it does. some of us enjoy it, and it's got to help you guys too, right? How, how does it help a cultivator getting those turp tests done? Well, it helps in that because it opens up an area of the market that would not buy cannabis. Right, everyone's talking about testing. this 25%. I'm not going to smoke yes, anything less than 25%. Correct. And it's not all about percentages. Yeah, you get stoned, but there's other things that accent your stone, like when you eat mangoes an hour before you smoke. All right, and that beta mercine, right? Yes, that'll help you. That that'll help that couch lock feeling. Mm. You know? it, it's good to know about those things because as we talk about medicine and wellness, there's certain things that people want in their wellness. Some people want to lay down. Some people want to sleep. Some people want to be active and set their mind free. 
Yes. Some people want to be in a factory and just pressing buttons, you know, and turn the brain off, let the brain expand and just keep on moving along. I know it helps in trimming. You know, you just sit, you don't even realize you're trimming. Just don't think and talk and... Listen to music. Right. Watch the movie. Maybe a podcast. You know, Far North Tokers might come across sometimes. Oh, yeah. So, we will have Black Domina and Kimbo Kush. Black Domina and Kimbo Kush both, yes. If Hippie's going in there on Thursday and buying some of his own product, and he can only choose one, which strain is that going to be? I'd probably go to Black Domina. Why? I like the taste of it. It's got a, it's got a real citrusy smell, and that taste is a almost that I want to say smooth, like kind of mint, lemony. I don't really? know. What do, I, what do you get out of it? I get a grapey, knee high taste out of it. Knee high southern grape taste out of it. You know, yeah. or maybe a spicy grape gumdrop taste almost. When you have language to describe the taste, it's easier to find that taste. So next time I try Black Demina, I will go in with spicy grape, grape gum, gumdrop. gumdrop. Yes, or, 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 or grape gumdrop taste. I've really been trying to expand my connoisseurship in cannabis. I want, I've been really working on that too. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Right now I'm involved in someone brought <coughs> five strains They've distributed five strains to a bunch of different people and trying to have them pick out what they like. And it's interesting having no idea what it is other than just what it looks like. Yes. No no name. So that's interesting, pulling out descriptors and trying to be the connoisseur when there's no name to anything and you're going, Ooh, that's a little bit of a, a cedar smell or like you're saying, that grape. I would recommend Joshua P. Durham for some connoisseur tasting too sometimes if anybody's wanted. He's... He, he's, he's pretty up, up on it. He's pretty cool. Nice. We'll grab... Well, I'm going to go grab JP and get him maybe to go check out DB, Doughboy, uh-huh. and we'll do a review on some of this cannabis. There you go. Bring in some connoisseurs. You ready for a dab hit? Hell yes. Did we already do one of these? Or <laughs> I. You no, told me that I did not these. do that. We did we, peanut butter. We did peanut butter. We go down to to do our little um, tour thing. You know? Yeah, mid toker and hippie touring <laughs> south. <laughs> touring south for uh, one night, two days. Yes, hippie's been so kind in inviting me on a tour of the south. He's gonna go um, down there. We're gonna check out some things. Go to dispensaries. I know there's definitely one on my list. That AK joint. I've got to see that. Yes, I gotta do see too. it. What other places do we? It would uh, Denali 420 Recreation. We're going to we, try to hit that. Yeah, we're going to try to get there. We're going to work to where we can get stuck, making that a first stop. We're going to try to hit up um, good old Adam Hoover if he's listening to this show. Say hey to him. Well, I know he's listened to his review show. Yes, <laughs> got his uh, <laughs> his uh, herb reviewed. Nice. He's been kinder to Mid Toker. Yes. Yes, he's he has been playing nice, as he likes to say. Yes, it's good to play nice. There's yes. no reason to be. <laughs> and then we're gonna go visit. I'm gonna introduce you to um, Rick Usher down there. Mm, I'm excited. RC Tinderbox. RC Tinderbox. Yes. Yes. I don't know if they have any products in Fairbanks or not. They but, just had their first sale a couple weeks yes, ago, right? Yes. But we are going to go check out their products too. Maybe pick up something. They've got one of the it. bigger facilities in. Yes, they do. They have a fourteen thousand square foot facility, man. It's huge. These guys, these guys are wonderful people, too. How much canopy are they bringing? 
Uh, I'll let you discuss that with him. <laughs> right on. Yes. Going in. Oh. And this is Landon Godwin. This is Landon Goods, not, not Charlotte's Web. Web. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. coughs> That's rosin, so it's different than the BHO. You're gonna taste the difference. You're gonna taste the more of the heavier fats because it's pressed rather than extracted, which is still really delicious. I think that's it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't get fruit. You don't get fruit. Does rosin generally taste different? Oh, I, I think it's the I, first I rosin I ever had. I would say fuely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not fruity. <laughs> yes, definitely fuely. I want to say like a sour D or something like that. or That's bringing on more of a uh, heart rate going up. Um, oh, yeah, you got a monster hit, dude. You got, you got a fucking... Face is kind of uh, sweating. <laughs> yep. Nid Tucker's got the dab sweats. You've become, I don't know what you would call yourself, like a, uh, you've got bartenders, you've got, what's the wine, Marsilia, I don't know, there's some wine thing that person brings out the wine and they, they're the testers and, oh, what, what do they call the dab person? Oh, 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 <coughs> I'm a dab aficionado. <laughs> You're more than that. <laughs> <laughs> like the rig runner or the rig runner like there's people that bring bring these to parties and they're paid to come and run the run bartender. the rig dad bartender. bartender yes but it's still not a bartender so what's the word what's, there's gotta be a word for it the dabnit keeper the dabnit keeper like the dab keeper <laughs> the keeper of the dabnit the dab the keeper of the dab yeah when you walk in everyone has to give them their dabs you just have it lined up ah <laughs> oh, that's like that dab check <laughs> Now be a patron Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as $2 a month. You can steer the show through guest suggestions and reviews. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. Let's me know Far North Tokers is important to you, and I can just keep on keeping it. Thank you. Special nod this week to Ramblin' Ranger Peggy Peters for being my first patrons. Both have made guest requests, and we have connected with our first guest request by Peggy Peters, Rocky Brown of AK Precision. He's going to be joining us in the next few weeks. Light him up at patreon.com slash midtoker. You are the the most experienced dabber that I know. doesn't doesn't mean a lot, but I think a lot of people would say that you know your dab. I want to say I do, but no one's an ex. I'm not. You I'm know not. more than me. You know a lot more than me. Okay. Grow. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. I've been in Alaska for almost twenty years. Yes. I don't know. I'm trying to think when the first dab I had was. It might have been with you. Was it at Dan, Dan Peter's 420 party over there? It might have been. I I don't remember. 
that was really early in my dabbing days, so that could have easily been it. Okay. Um, dab didn't exist in, in my world in Pennsylvania. It didn't exist in my world here in Alaska until, I don't know, within six months, well, a long, year. Long, long, long time ago, Dan Peters showed me this thing where he took a lot of his, about a half ounce of bud and put it in this pipe and shot some butane through it and got a little bit of stuff out of the plate. It wasn't very much, but... Hold on, that, I want to hear the story. First, I want to hear the story. Start over. Okay, I said the first time, my first experience with dabs, it was the first time I'd heard of it was when I was with Dan Peters and he had a small pipe with some weed in it and put screen we were just good talking about it with me and we put we shot one can of butane through it. It was we didn't know much back then. But, but how many years he ago approached was this? me with that it was oh gosh. Eighteen years ago, nineteen years ago. <laughs> so it was even before I came to Alaska. Even before you came to Alaska, okay. yes. He had just bought his house in North Pole pretty much. And and, and we tried it, you know and, it wasn't like taking a dab hit, but you could tell there was something on the plate that you could scrape up with the razor blade and put on your bowl. So, but even there, the first time you did it, did it look just ugly now, coming out? No, that was scared. My, that wasn't my. That was my first time experiencing it, and, and it didn't. It wasn't scary or anything like that. It was not a lot came out. Okay, because we basically were just didn't know what we were doing at the time. We we knew, but we didn't know the full process. Well, after my experimenting with the open blasting about 20 years later and then um i and then i got my extractor and then i introduced dan to a dab hit of it i was like here buddy come on dan goes out looks at the stars for a half hour and says that's some pretty good yes and i told him yeah i figured out how to do it i'm perfecting it and everything like that so that's right that's i was uh his i'd say unless he's had it before but i i would imagine that was his first time of really experimenting a real dab like that. I got off on doing that to people. <laughs> Giving them huge dabs and going... <laughs> you are, you're the classic meme, huh? Where it says, uh, I've never had a dab before, and it's that guy... Uh, exactly. Exactly. Loaded up. <laughs> I enjoyed doing that a lot. And now everybody's had dabs and things pretty much. But I know it's... That experience is over with. <laughs> yeah, it's... it For me, it's always the expense. I, I've enjoyed uh, at the end of a season when I when I pull my trim down and all my shitty bud and, and just getting it all processed, turned into dab. That's cool at the end of the summer, and I've got that. But, man, to go out and spend in, in the legal market where you're spending, what did it open? Like 90 bucks a gram or something? It was insane. I've seen it anywhere from 90 to $110 a gram. Ugh. For some, now, Is I'll that put, super okay, – that's just quality for super. For the distillate, like the – uh, the, um, Do people have that? The hot dog water, you call it, you know, and, and the syringe. Uh, Pacalolo carries it. They get it from um, Einstein. I've actually seen it on their menu. How much was it? I believe it was either 65 or 75 for a half gram. Oh. Or 60, yeah. Yeah, that stuff's spendy. Even oh. 80 bucks a half gram for some of it. Yeah. Is it just the new thing? Is it faddish? Or do you think this is just around? I mean, it's and no, it's not a new thing. It's not faddish. It's here to stay. As we have this huge surplus in cannabis, I feel that these people with these large amounts need to be selling it to these these extraction places and making these oils because that's the way it's going to be. You go to Washington State; it's seventy percent concentrates, thirty percent flour. Oh, wow. Here, the sales? No, and there's shops on the shelves. 
wow. Some shops don't even have flour, apparently, down in the lower 48 now. Well, it's definitely a lot easier to store, isn't it? Yes. I mean, compared to storing a pound of herb when you do it. It is. You yeah, got you to store it in a freezer or, or a fridge, you know. What's a pound of herb? Okay, so a five-pound bag is going to be like one of those bigger pillows. Yes. Right? And now, how much concentrate is five pounds going to make? Like, what's that going to be put <coughs> down to in storage? Ton, right? Well, Great. How, how much concentrate is it going to make? Depends on the percentage of, of what's in there, you know? 20%. 20%, so one t- 20% of the weight of that product is going to so be concentrated. Um, yes, one pound Whew. out of five pounds. And how big is a pound of concentrate? How how much does that... It depends on how much fats are in it, you know, how much... Is each of those oils have a specific gravity. See, a pound would be uh, 16 ounces, right? Yes, and then correct, correct. Shit. I'm talking like... Is it a like football? A, a pound of... A pound of water weighs different than a pound of gasoline, than a pound of milk. The size. The specific gravity determines the weight of those products. Think about it. A pound of gasoline weighs 7 pounds. A pound of water weighs 8 pounds. A pound of milk weighs 10 pounds. you got to think of what's in it. You're talking like mass. Correct. Okay. Your specific gravity. Yes, but a pound of flour and a pound of dab is the same weight. you got the same mass. Specific gravity. How big is a pound of dab look like? What's it look like? Um, I'd say an ounce of dabs. Not an ounce, a pound. A pound would probably be... Cause two, like footballish? Like yeah, a, yeah, football. Volleyball? Um, um, yeah, yeah. And then inflated volleyball. Which companies in town here do you like for, um, for dab? I feel AK Frost... Make some of the highest quality that I've seen. So wherever we can find AK Frost, whichever retails. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen good tractations produce some pretty good stuff. I don't like their packaging, though. I don't like those those glass dishes they use. I understand they're switching up, but it's just my preference. That's one of the reasons why I don't buy their products. The packaging. The, the packaging, because you end up having some of your product left behind on their packaging. And you, you, like... At least a dab hit is worth, you know, it's stuck still in this, you can't get out. Oh, that's, well, that's too bad. I mean, yeah. I hear, like, even when people were buying grams uh, out of bags and they, they, you know, they'd walk them with those bags and they were coming back in at the dispensary complaining that it gets stuck down. In the lids and everything, yes. Things. So that's interesting. Yep, that's one Same thing, thing applies to dabs, too. Um, now, I've, I've looked at... I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying. I don't, I don't want to judge anybody on their no, quality just of, your of their product. You know, it could be the quality of material because you get out what you put in, straight up. And the further you refine the product, the less product you'll have at the end result, but it'll be cleaner. And a lot of concentrate that's being made is just being made out of the. Um, the yeah, it's, it's, the it's like it's like if you say, for instance, if you if you extract, you get, an, one ounce of dabs off of a quarter pound of wheat, okay? Then you take that one ounce of dabs and you put it in your short path. And I'd say you're probably going to get, depending on what's in there, you can probably get a 35% loss to a 25% loss depending on how much you, how dirty your your crude is, your original extraction. So you're finding out, you break down, you got your first pull, which is your terpenes, your second pull, which is your good stuff, and your third pull, which is your you're bad, you're fat, you're heavies. It's kind of like making moonshine. Hmm. And then you can add, because I've seen videos where people are putting 
terpenes like, into no, the crystals. No, like I'm and, saying people can ridicule me for what I'm saying right now because I'm not being 100% clear on everything. This is just the basic. Sure. And if you want to know, go look it up online. We're even talking about what I know. Okay. I mean, I know basic what you're saying, so I can understand yeah. that. And That's then good. as you're pulling vacuum on everything, your vacuum's also got trippings in it also, so you're going to have... Different action. You're going to have a, um, a turp trap. Mm. It's going to have a little thing which the vacuum passes through something extremely cold where it cools down any gases there, and it'll collect in a, in a, in a tube down there, it'll drip down into there. Mm. Off a conical thing, it's got dry some alcohol. Nice. Let's do another dab. Okay. <laughs> well, we got to... Stop in the shack, right? Yes, we're gonna stop in the shack. Let's pick up some uh, some swag from the shack. Okay, for sure. There's a couple buds in town. When they when I see them come in, I'm I'm really excited. I've seen gummy bear when that comes into you like, town. You like that gummy bear? I did. I yeah. um, it comes with a lot of uh, uh, some hate. It comes with some hate. Just okay. because it was, it came in at that high number, inflated high number, yeah. and everyone was saying, there's no way it's that. And it wasn't. I mean, it was the way the numbers were being represented. But there was some gummy bear that came through Grass Station yeah. maybe about a month ago. I, I reviewed it with Doughboy. He didn't want to come on come on and talk, but I've got that to release next time gummy bear comes in. And I, I really liked it. Stone for hours. That's one thing that really sticks out to me about it. It kept me high for so long. I don't know what terpene is in there that gives it that, but whatever that one is. You know that they're doing glass blowing studio at the shack? Well, what do you mean? You go in and do it yourself or no, watch no, it? No, they have a guy that makes their own, his own pipes there in studio. Ah, in, beautiful. In, in that shop. Yeah, we got to get, let's, let's check that place out. Yeah, I was talking with the gummy bear. So <coughs> I, that's one that I look forward to. Is there any strains that come in that, Actually, I don't. I've got, I've got M39 some, is actually my favorite that I I've got to, new strains coming in that I, got a, I just put in the flower. Well, week. not you. The other places, yeah. We'll talk about your oh. what you got coming in. But is there a strain that comes in that you go, okay, it's, I got to go check that one out? Or a cultivator that you really like? I really like Virtue Walters. Yeah, these, they're, they got some good herb. What have you tried from theirs? Well, I, he does Dark Side OG. Yes. And White Strawberry Cough. Wow, I hope you all heard that. That's the activity of the Thunderdome, the cat Thunderdome. Wow. <laughs> yes, so I do like his Dark Side OG. And he's, he's got a bubblegum bubble kush. I like the bubblegum kush. That's another good one I like. That's yes. Green Dreams Cultivation. It's good to be, um, and again, another limited. <coughs> yes. It's good to have you guys limiteds talking yep. together, getting together. Got any funny stories? Funny stories. Yeah, my woman would kill me though. They're all about her. <laughs> no, let's, let's stay no, away from that. No, stay away from that. And that's when I met you, yeah. on your mama's porch. Frozen North Farms. Limited cultivation. <coughs> North Pole, Alaska. Yes. What are the advantages of being a limited? There's lots of disadvantages. <coughs> well, we'll talk about those in well, a second. The What's advantage, the advantage? The advantages I see of being limited is your weed doesn't sit around as long as you do if you have a big shop. People who have these huge farms, 
five, eight, ten thousand square feet. Yeah, you sell your weed cheaper than anybody else and kind of bottom the market out, which screws it for the limiteds. But at least with a limited grow, ours is fresher and more consistent. That's a good point. I never thought about the fresher factor. That's a great point. When you get bagged from those bigger grows, you see their test done three months ago. Yep. And it's not necessarily about the highest THC percent. It's all about the consistent the consistency of fresh produce. Right. And it's a small batch. Yep. One of the advantages I was thinking of in a smaller grow, <coughs> you have so much more. You can be right in their hands on all the time. Yes, that's true. In a big grow, you're hiring a lot of growers to come in and help you. <coughs> yes. Relying on other people. Limited. It can be done with one person. Yeah. Birchie. You're seeing it firsthand. Right. Well, you've got, let's let's give a shout out to your grower, Tyler Ganata, right? Tyler Janetta. Janetta? I believe is what it is. Come on. Is it Janetta? This is set up by now. Anyway, that doesn't, <coughs> the Italiano is not sound, spelling right. It is Janetta. Janetta. Tyler Janetta. Tyler Janetta. <laughs> oh. Oh, hey. Janetta. <laughs> uh, we could really get lost in talking like that for a long time, couldn't we? <laughs> I felt myself stopping. My, I was like, oh. <laughs> I know. I feel myself getting a little dumber. <laughs> Janetta. All right. Janetta. So, how's he get involved? How's, how's Tyler come over there to – did you always have him in mind? Were you oh, imagining this yourself? Way. When he was 16 years old, he was running a welding shop, a room welding shop, fixing tankers and inspecting them. And he has also been gardening since the ages of, I think, the age of being a wee lad. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. I just have to my knees. Yes, he's a very good kid. Probably one of the youngest weed cultivators in the industry right now. Nice. That would be a great spotlight. <coughs> Some, I mean, how old is he? He's got to be 21 to have the hand on the card. He's 21, 22. He, he, he actually ran the um, slingshot at the fair this year in Fairbanks and in Palmer and was doing the slingshot for many years before that. And no accidents under his... No accidents under his, his watch. He's an extremely talented and bright individual. Did you always plan to bring someone else in or were you planning on doing it yourself? <laughs> I planned on doing it myself, but I had also intended for Tyler to be there helping me. Bring uh, bring people in. We already have somebody else in mind to bring in as well. Nice. Just as you expand? As, as I expand. So right now, at you've got two people working. You, I've come in a couple times to help trim in the last month. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. woman, Rhonda Howard, she helps me cut down. Awesome. And, and helps me. The processing. Keep, keep that inventory and the books and that. Keep you scheduled. You need a scheduler. Yes. You need a focuser. She's, she's my focuser, yes. It's good to have focusers. Um, and then uh, that's that's pretty much it. And then if I have any extra trimming, I usually call a friend who has a card or something like that. Mm-hmm, right. Just get it done. It's good to have. I've enjoyed it. Having the opportunity to come in and be around You're beautiful weed all day. My, my number one go-to for trimming right now, hand cool. trimming like that, because my woman, she's got the um, RA, rheumatoid arthritis, so it doesn't it really affect your hands a lot when she trims. I can imagine. My, yes. my hands are a little sore afterwards, but yep. take an ibuprofen, right? For me, I, guess, I don't have, I don't, I don't have rheumatoid sore, arthritis. My hands are sore that way. I, I don't know why. Oh, cool. These mitts 
perform well. <laughs> they are mitts. Yes, they are mitts. <laughs> Advantages we've talked about being close to your product all the time, having fresher product because it goes away yeah. quicker. Are the advantages? Startup costs. Just smaller building. The it's a thousand dollar license um, fee, right? Application fee instead of five thousand. That is, it's a thousand instead of five thousand. You're correct. And but you can make that up in one pound. Yeah, but so for the standard. Well, you notice what I'm saying. If you were a standard. Yes. Well, so it's not that much of a savings. No. Like when. But the thing about it is, with the license that I have, I can increase my canopy by fourfold almost. We look forward to that. When people can have access to frozen mouth farms, weed more. Yes, I want to be able to see, you got gas station 49, you know, which is expanding. So I want to be able to supply them. Any talk about getting it out of Fairbanks? Yes, there has for a long time. But it's been... I want to keep my, my hometown people happy first. And I do realize that there are friends on the internet that do travel up here to go to Cheetah Hot Springs. And I encourage them to swing by Grass Station 49 and grab a, a cone or two, you know, for when you get down there. Or um, I do believe Good Sense still has some of my products there. So just uh, hit up one of those two spots. You, you can't bring a lot of strings. That's one of the things. You have to yes. decide. Okay, that's a good question. See, that's what I mean. So I how have, do you... You've got two strains now, Lactamina yes. and Kimbo Kush. You only have a certain amount of space. I have other strains and seed form in there that's that I haven't brought out how do you, What's your decision-making process of... What um, are you going to run? Have well, you ever thought about running just the whole place one strain? No. You know why? Because then if I'm small batch and I have a place that likes my stuff and I grow it, then they buy it, then they get inundated. And then I have to go make relations with somebody else with it because I'm so small, I don't put a menu out. Nice. I only have one strain, so I can't do like what the big guys are doing, having like six strains and having prices for A flower and prices for B flower and stuff like that. You gonna limit it just to two strains? No, I've got... Um, Four more strains right now in flower along with my black demina. What do we got? What do we got coming? I've got the black demina. Okay. Then I've also got grapefruit OG. Kimbo Kush gone? Kimbo Kush is temporarily gone. Good. Temporary. Yes. I have more seeds of it. I got to go through and sort of feed us because these. It's only so much space. Ones, yeah. These previous ones were starting to get a little mutated. So I, I went ahead and killed it off. And, um, Forgive me, I'm stoned here. <laughs> no, I know, it's good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I said Grapefruit OG, Berry Breath, and Blue Dream. Some Blue Dream gets the most mixed results when I say that. Yeah, because I have people go, Oh, I love Blue Dream. I go, Oh, I'd rather drink my own piss than have Blue Dream. Well, it's, you know? <laughs> it's almost like the uh, a, the Budweiser or Coors Light now, right? It's so mainstream, I guess. It's just it, that it mainstream. Is, but I haven't it's seen good. really anybody introduce Blue Dream up here yet in the legal it's market. Probably just because Alaska's, you know, Alaska's against that mainstream feel. Well, I'm not mainstream, but I mean. Blue Dream is. The Blue Dream is. Well, these are, these are uh, clones from another facility. Someone would, I mean, there are so, people that's going to buy that. 
and someone's going to buy it. It's just a temporary thing. But I do have a... Mix that blue dream with something else, a, that black, black demeanor. I have a strain that I have just popped seeds on, and I cut clones off of it, and I put the plants into flower. I've got duct tape number one, duct tape number two, and that's a, um, a Gorilla Glue cross. But we can't use that phrase Gorilla Glue anymore, so i got to call it GG. GG4 cross is what it is. Something mm, else. Duct tape. That, um, that I'm you excited can, to see that one. Should be able to look up what it is on uh, seeds here now. Another one I'm going to have coming in the future is chromatose. You're just going to do like a table for strain? Um, I do a table for strain unless it's like eight, some ten stuff plants, like I just got, like I got, I got eight plants. It costs me a lot of money to do s- s- testing because I don't produce a lot. So if I've only got a four by four <laughs> table, I only want to put one strain on it. If I put two strains on it, that doubles my testing expenses on that harvest. On that and, table. and you're doing the terpene test. And I'm doing the terpene test. So it really bites into what I do a lot. Have retails uh, acknowledged that you're having the terpene test done? Like that should that should go into the price a little bit that you're getting that extra step done for them. No, it doesn't. It doesn't go into the factor of the price really. It just helps them sell their wheat faster, which in turns guarantees my turnaround on my end. Yeah, table, so it benefits uh, see me the table. <laughs> Cons of limited cultivator. Cons of limited cultivator. Expenses. It costs just as much for me to have everything tested than it's just for them to have tested for the same size batch. No, they're making bigger batches. Uh, for, yeah, bigger, bigger batches. I'm sorry, bigger batches. You're correct. Because the way the regs are now, it used to be limited to a five-pound batch. Yes. And now the way the regs read is anything that you can harvest in a day as long as it's the same strain. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. So how much... How if much you can go, you harvest in a day of the same strain, if right? If you go through and pre and deleaf all of your plants the day before, that's what's happening. Still, Why wouldn't oh, you? Yeah. And then you go through and just cut them all down and weigh it and hang it as fast as you can do that. That's just how much as you can get in, the, in a one harvest batch. What, what is your prediction on the, the largest harvest batch that we've seen in Alaska? Because oh, I'm going to find out. I'm going to ask. Well, you figure on average, a harvested plant is three to four ounces large plant in a standard cultivation okay. facility. That's my best guess. Is I mean, they can get up taller there. They got full on 16, 20 foot ceilings. They've got the ability due to the height. So, on average, one of my plants would probably be ounce and a half. You know, of, of, of dried cannabis. There's is probably going to be three, three ounces, three and a half ounces of dried cannabis. You know. So I lost track of that thought there. Yeah, me too. I'm stoned. Me too. <laughs> um, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about um, the batch. How big can a batch get? What is your prediction? Yes. Oh, my the prediction. largest harvest so batch. So you figure that it takes a guy a minute to cut that plant, take it over there, hang it, record the weight into the paper, and boom, put it on the shelf. The thing is, you got to have everything entered in a metric before midnight. So, you got to allow yourself. I mean, you can have somebody entering it as soon as it's written down. So, you can have a crew going. So, as many, yeah, you can get quite a few pounds into one harvest batch if it's the same strain on one test sample. 
So what's the number? What do you think? Dude, if it could be astronomical. Make a prediction. I haven't gone that big, so I can't. So I don't know. Based upon my 4x4 four four table that I harvest every week. Well, we have no idea how... That's what I'm saying. It's, I'm gonna, I think the largest batch that's been sent in has got to be at least 20 pounds, right? Big. Imagine those big, the big summer there's grows, people man. Down, there's people that have... So how much do you think is in a harvest batch? You want to say 100 pounds? You think that would be the... I would say... I, I, I don't... <laughs> no, no, I can't say it. It's just a prediction. Prediction. If you're taking one test sample out of a 20-pound batch... Mm-hmm. I would say that's inconclusive because I did asbestos abatement and I did air monitoring for a couple of years. And when we go in and take soil samples of a pile, we don't just take one from a homogenous site. We go and do four or five tests on that one pile to ensure that that pile is clean. I don't know why we don't do it here. We, we ain't got to do a potency test on all five of them, just do a microbial test on all five of them. I have no idea how that reg changed. But on the show with can I test, I think multiple microbial tests should be performed on a pat on a, on a harvest based upon how large a size it is. Yeah, it'd I, be a smart decision. We'll have to talk to Mark and find out wh- how that changed. I mean, a microbial. To, I mean, you got these guys going out there spending on like three or four tests to get their potencies done to help their numbers boost their numbers. So why can't we go out there and spend three or four um, tests on a large batch to help? Reassure the pe- the public that that test is or that batch is mold free. Your batch is a poundish. Yeah. So you're paying hundred ish bucks. I'm paying the same rate to have my one pound tested that they're paying to have their ten pounds tested. And then you have to pay ten times. You have to pay it ten I have times. To pay for each ten, ten times the amount that they have to for their for their product. You know? But that's because the size of my facility. That's all me. I limit it that way, but I have to grow still. I'm working on that. Something could be done about that batch size, though. It seems crazy yes. that when you're measuring and they're talking about THC numbers. I'm not, I don't want to say force a bunch of tests on these guys, you know, but I think if construction companies have to do it with piles of dirt, why shouldn't we do it with something that we consume as human beings? Yeah, we got to find out why that, why that went that way. Any other disadvantage you can think of? Just money, just money and competition, right? Keeping your name um, out there and um, no, I know I have a, a, a good following. People like no, that you've done well with with the branding of Frozen North Farms and that you have to. Isn't I, mean, I got haters too. I mean, everybody's got haters. If you're doing something right, you got haters. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, you do not know you're of the target unless you're getting flack. That's World right. War Two bomber. <laughs> Speaking of that, I need to play some Call of Duty. <laughs> Yeah, we're just talking about that video games. You yes. were saying you're going to quit video games. I was thinking about really cutting back on my video games. Oh, okay. Now it's cutting back. Yesterday it was quitting. <laughs> now it's cutting back. I just got a lot of you to do this uh, spring. It's building up. I've got drawings to finish out. In fact, I found some over there. My files. I'm going to look out of here. It's one thing we talked about. Video games are so fun, but what a waste of time. What a waste of time. Exactly. They Huge do nothing for you, but... Um, enjoyment at the moment which is fine for times people watch tv i play video games that's true and with video games it's it's a great way it's a great stress reliever Mm -hmm. it is you know it really is but there's just something about killing zombies 
hordes of zombies coming at you. What are you playing now? What's your favorite? You... Um, I've been playing um, Call of Duty World War Two um, War. It's an online multiplayer, um, six against six with objectives. You got PlayStation? No, Xbox One X. Xbox. And then um, been playing PUBG. Oh yeah, PUBG. That's the big one now, right? It's it's up there, yeah. It's there. I I downloaded it on Steam and I played it a couple times. I just got quick, killed pretty quick, sniped yep. from the towers. Yep. Yeah, if you guys are listening, uh, Hippie Dabs with a Z four twenty. Find you out there. H i p p i d a b z four two zero Xbox One X. Do you play with many people out there? I got friends. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, video games. Yeah. Anybody, so then, anybody, 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 anybody who too. plays, anybody who plays the PUBG does what winner chicken dinner is. Mm, chicken dinner. Winner, winner chicken dinner. I got my first real six string. Bought it at the five and done. You remember the first time you got high? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I was in uh, Valdez, Alaska. Was the summer of '89. Oh. <laughs> I was in a Volkswagen Beetle '69. Played it till my fingers bled. Was the summer of '69. It was uh, my friend Jeff Johnson, who still lives here in North Pole, Alaska. It was his Volkswagen Beetle, and I was rolling with him and Matt Parzek. Matt Parzek, uh, he's a good friend of mine here. Lives in North Pole. What were you doing well. in Valdez? We were working at Seahawk Seafoods. We this is the we... first time you got high. Yeah, it's the first time I ever got high. How old were you? I was nineteen. No shit. Yeah, yeah, I was nineteen. That was now. Different. Now see, that's the first time I ever got high. The first. Oh time well, you didn't I... tell the story yet. You just said uh, who you were with. I interrupted. So yeah, go back. Yeah. Seafood. So what's happening? Yeah, You're working? Seafoods. Yeah, I was a, a grader there. I'd grade the fish, fish after it came off the slime line. And my, I think my buddy Jeff was a header there. And Matt Parzik, I think, worked up on the on one of the, an area there. I think he worked in the freezer or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of us, I ran to a lot of kids to North Pole High School that year. So what were you, I mean... So, I mean, you, I was you all living out. down there? And I was just getting out, you know. I was like, I was 19. I wanted to go see things, do things. So I went and worked at a cannery. Got a bus down there. They put me up in the fucking the shack over there, you know. There I was. I had to walk around the bay. So the first you know, night you there, you get high? Yeah. No, no. I, so I what happened? There. Um, I would say the first time I got high was about after being there. Two weeks, two and a half, three weeks, I'd say. So you're hanging out with people during the day, and then at yes. night, there's like, hey, you want to... Yeah, we were out partying. I mean, I was able to buy a liquor or alcohol when I was 19, and the drinking age is 21, so I was like, fuck. Back then, they were selling to anybody. It was oil spill days, the town was flooded with people, and Valdez was making money, so they didn't care. Oh, wow. Wild, wild west, man. <laughs> so back at someone's place, joint, pipe? Who was it? It was in my friend's Volkswagen Beetle. We're cruising down the that back road there that stretches from the high school to the Eagles Lodge, going towards the that Mexican restaurant right there, towards the Civic Center, in that area. And that's where I smoked my first hit of the Golden Green Goddess. It's just like one of those uh, standard metal metal yeah, pipes. Yeah, it was just a metal pipe. There was nothing cool. 
That's did uh? So it. he pulls it out and says, "Hey, you want to hit?" And you no problem. He's like, "Yeah." Hell but yeah. It's like I never smoked pot before. He's like, "What?" That price goes. He never smoked pot. We gotta get him stoned. <laughs> did you get stoned the first time? Oh yeah, I got stoned the first time. He's like, "Here, put that thing. Light it up. Take a hit." Like I hit it. Cough like a bitch. Oh, dude, I cough like a bitch. Oh, dude, it was. I, I was so fucking high, dude. Yeah, they were there. Yeah. And then you never looked back. Uh, no, I smoked a little bit here and there when I was in Valdez. I came back to Fairbanks, so I quit smoking pot. Okay. You know, I really I didn't fall in love with it yet. You know, I was still young. I mean, I was raised in an extremely religious background. Christian schools 11 years of my life you know you gotta go to hell and die if you think about it you know but the honest thing is I found my first marijuana pipe on the doorsteps of a church when I was 6 years old one day about 4 or 5 years ago we were sitting at the Conoco station kicking tires and swatting flies and discussing the state of the union when right out in front of the Baptist church come a big old purple school bus had astrological signs upon it and 35 hippies and dogs in uh, it, what'd you do with it? I mean, did, oh, me and the kid that's what we were looking at. It, oh, yeah, this guy might be putting our mouth, sucking it. And then when I spoke, popped my first time, I remembered that taste. Funny. From, from, from the resin on the end of the pipe. I, every once in a while, I get a hit and I remember that first taste. It's like, yes. Whoa. Yes. And so I have to say, the first time I placed a marijuana pipe to my lips, I was six years old. North Pole Baptist Church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the doorsteps. <laughs> So what made you fall in love with it? What, uh, uh, or are you in love with cannabis now? Would you say you're a cannabis lover? It helped my ADD a lot. Yeah, you uh, you you ping. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's 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 a self medication. Yes, it is. Yeah, I I feel a lot of us self medicate without even understanding or knowing why we're doing it. I agree one hundred percent with that. It helps the mind slow down a little bit, doesn't it? It does. Um, it helps my mind slow down. It helps my body slow down. But sometimes there's still areas of my mind that still race. And I've noticed that certain types of pot and cannabis, I mean, helps that. Sativas, they make me just really antsy and everything. <laughs> if it's a really strong sativa or a really high, high sativa or, 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 or a high THC strain. Really makes me pain a lot, so that's why I prefer anything between between fifteen and twenty two percent, right around. On the there. indica side. On the indica side, usually. That I it, like my indica. First, starting talking to someone, one of my friends, and him saying how much he loved token on cannabis because it it allowed him to have other thoughts. Is it out? No, I was looking there. I was looking, making sure I seen the wiggle in um, a little bit. <laughs> He, yeah, he's sitting in the chair of death, by the way, guys. <laughs> he uh, he would smoke, so he would have thoughts. So he would his mind would race. And that I, would be a sativa. I remember thinking, I, I, I don't do it for that. I do it so my thoughts kind of stop <coughs> and slow down. Because I, I live in that world, too, of so many thoughts going on at the same time. Yep. Cannabis helps slow it down and lets me see maybe – Maybe uh, ride one train out instead of trying to jump all six, seven, ten, twelve, hundred million. Ah, mm. oh, nice trains. Go get your flit done. He says, "Which is the hip 
crappies and witches and dogs. That just beats the hell out of me, Roy. What there was was a bunch of them crispy critters, and the leader was a space cadet. And he says, Sagittarius, we has arrived. Prepare to disembark, man. Get the incense going in the sitar. We gonna camp in the city park, man. Hippie. What's up? Where does hippie come from? Wow, that's an old story, man. 19 years old, take the first drag. How do you get a name like Hippie, then? Well, a long time ago, um, when I was uh, working for Absolute Environmental, this is back in 1999. No, actually, 1998. It's 1998. So I backpacked down to Anchorage, got a job working with Absolute Environmental, and uh, we went to Kodiak. And I had this little mushroom pipe thing. It's, just, it's a necklace, and then you can take it apart, and it turns it, it's a mushroom, and it turns into a pipe, you know? And I had my weed, and I, and I, and I had, the, had my pipe, and my, and my boss, and we got there in the van, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we were, they were all looking at me, and I was looking at them, and they're like, oh, you guys think he smokes weed? <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's like, yeah, I smoke weed. He's like, you got some? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I got a little bit. Took my pipe apart and loaded it up. I gave it to him. And he pulled over and stopped. They pulled over and stopped. And he got out of the passenger seat to go and get one more coworker. Well, he had set my pipe in his lap before he got out. And, well, he got out. Pipe fell on the ground. Boom, gone. Well, back then. And you hadn't even smoked yet? Hadn't even smoked yet. Okay. So. Can? Yeah, we got a can, used a can. <laughs> but but the thing was, uh, <laughs> there's no head shop on Kodiak. <laughs> so I'm now pipeless, barling. I have nothing to smoke out of, and I can't go get a can. Cans are unhealthy, you know. So I, uh, after work, I, I went to the store, and I tried to find all the materials I could to make a bomb. Got me a Pringles can, some duct tape. <laughs> I got me one of those pins that had the four colors on it, you know, because it's really wide, uh-huh. you know, and I, I put that in there, and then I, I went and tried to find a metal straw that could go inside that, you know, and I got some tin foil and stuff, and did my thing to it, you know, and I made a bomb. And then my boss came over, and he see that thing, he starts laughing his ass off, like, that's it, your name's Hippie Bomb Stocking. <laughs> That's it. That's Hippie it. Bong Stocking. Hippie Bong Stocking, yes. And so that's an old nickname. They, they well, Hippie, how did it spread so deep and wide? Hippie. Just people. And, and I did a specialist abatement. And I went. I traveled around the state a lot to different towns. And I met a lot of people and stayed in different places. And I still know a lot of these people. And so I get called Hippie a lot. And that pretty much stuck. Nice. Do you Everybody introduce is, yourself? I don't think... You didn't introduce yourself as hippie to me. You uh, you were just called hippie. It's called hippie. It's, my, it's an old party name, I guess you'd say. Hippie Aaron. You know, because there's there's lots of hippies out there. There's hippie lots John. There's a couple of hippie Johns here in North Pole Fairbanks area. There's hippie Aaron. And, and I know you know of one other one. But when I hear hippie, I know it's you. And it depends on the connotation people are talking about, right? Correct. Sometimes when you hear people called hippie, they're like anti-hippie. And they're called that just because it's funny. Yeah, it's a dirty hippie. <laughs> Get a haircut. <laughs> We're going to have a jail full of naked crispy critters and a trip to dry space to them. Yeah. 
Let's talk about your pre-rolls. I've been somewhat a critic of pre-rolls, knowing uh, Patrick Limoges. Whoo! The yes. man is a tough critic the on pre-rolls. On, on fire. So, <laughs> we've been looking at a bunch of pre-rolls, and the way things can be determined, you get one test for your plant, and then all of that is called flower. Yes. And that can be put into any pre-roll and called a flower pre-roll. Yes, correct. Now, one of the things that Frozen North Farms does differently is your pre-rolls are made exclusively with flour. I yes, I have two different pre-rolls that I oh, okay. I sell the I don't roll it really. I sell it to the shops and they roll it themselves. So you're selling bulk so, trim. But bulk I will, trim I will sell them either ground up bulk flour to my specs and it is it is flour, but it says flour, it is flour. And then the trim is usually just the sweet leaf trim that's trimmed off of the flour. And that is sold as trim. Ground right. up processed trim ready to go into cones. And the, the shops will make the cones. And some of that larfy buds in there too, right? Um, or is it just pretty yes, much the sugar? Yes, there, the lar- there would be larfy looking, larfy, larfy looking by the trim, you know. Mm-hmm. But there, there's, there would be an A flower and a B flower, you know. So the A flower would definitely be ones going into the flower that you see in eights, grams, and quarters. And then the, uh, the B flower is what goes into the flower cones, which is 100% flower. And then... It's just, and it doesn't yeah. make them, they're just smaller and it's yeah. pretty much the same THC. It's just an, it's an not as airier bud. It's just not as purdy. For the ones down or the one, yeah. Correct. And then in the trim, you'll have like the super larfy looking bud, you know. It's still going to taste the same. It still tastes the same. It still smells the same. There's no food leaf at all. 100%. There's no food leaf at all in my joints. No, I've been there trimming them. That's yes. gone. Yeah, he, he's dead tested the fact. <laughs> it's gone. I do a lot of times when I get pre-rolls, pull dry without lighting it first. Get yeah. that taste. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yours tastes nice. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. So, You're definitely a pre-roll guy. You don't buy flour and roll it. You just, you buy the pre-rolls. Once in a while I do. Oh, do you? Like, what, every time I've been, we stop at Chena Cannabis, you pick up some pre-rolls there. and just You just, easier. just convenience. And convenience, yes. Because I trust these motherfuckers out there to make pre-rolls just as good as I do. <laughs> and you're tasting them, right? <laughs> yes, I am. I like them. I have, and they know I have flavors I like and go for. And if I buy these certain ones, they, they, they know that, hey, I'm not talking shit. They know that's all I buy is pre-rolls. And your product's been at Chena Cannabis? Yeah, I buy my own pre-rolls, too. Where has your product been? Cheetah Cannabis, Good Sense, One Hit Wonder, Grass Station 49, those four places. So if anyone wants to know more from Hippie Aaron, they can come talk directly to you and Tyler Zanetta <laughs> at Vendor Day at Grass Station 49 this Thursday. That's correct. We'll be doing uh The 22nd of February. We'll do a t-shirt giveaway and a hoodie giveaway like that. That's lucky number two day. 222. 222. The triple deuce. <laughs> triple deuce. Oh, my. I, we didn't talk about how you came up with the name of Frozen North Farms. Oh, Frozen North Farms? Uh, I was on the, the site, on, on, the, on the state page, just scanning through all the names to make sure I didn't pick one. That somebody else had, you know. Well, I'll scroll through. I 
It's like, well, my dad used to have a farm, and he used to call it Valleydale Farms because my mom grew up on a farm in Valleydale, somewhere in Minnesota. Okay, and they had a farm up here, a potato farm. They were homesteading it. Well, I figured, well, frozen north farms. It's a farm into the frozen north. You know, no one's got it. You know, FNF. It's got a nice ranch style look to the to the acronym on it. You know, it's, it looks like it'd be pretty catchy. Yeah, FNF. Fucking fuck, right? Uh, fucking fuck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like your logo too. You kind of, I liked your log cabin logo, but you called it a robot. <laughs> no, Adam Hoover referred to it as a robot penis. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I, I liked your cash. But you kind of, yes. you've gone away from that a little bit, or is that still kind of around? No, it's still around. I use it. If you look <laughs> in this month's uh, Alaska Leaf magazine where grass stations got their ads, and the front few pages and the back few pages there, they've got a bunch of the, all their cultivators' symbols that they support their vendors. Their symbols are there, and mine's on there. It is the robot penis. Ah, robot penis. <laughs> Thursday, Grass Station 49, Vendor Day with Frozen North Farms. Get to meet Hippie, Aaron, yes. and Tyler Jeanetta. Yes. Jeanetta. <laughs> Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token.